Are we all set? Everything assigned? Everything ready to go? I think we're good. I believe so. Yep. I'm ready. I'm going to be charming. I'm going to be sweet. Well, you've been boosting your confidence by listening to old funny shows. I know, you're like, I'm fucking hilarious. (laughs) I got this, man. Good morning and welcome to a place you don't have to worry about missing out. This show has everything, including but not limited to our passion about movies as we work our way through award season. On the way to Oscars, we salute cinema as only we can and more details on that shortly. My name is Mike Frizzell. I am the jail dude coming to you from the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room in Manchac, Texas. Joining me are three of my favorite people. First, from the Land O'Lake Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan. Please don't at me, Lundholm. Hello, Anne. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. And from the South Austin uh, staging area for the 2020 Gulf War, uh, it's uh, Hillary. Why is mine the staging area? <laughs> you have the equipment, you have the, the uniforms. Oh, yeah, this is the heart. That's, that's right. That's right. You know, let's get the youth to work. Um, I'm not actually sure how you're going to even find Rory around the house anymore since now his entire wardrobe is camouflaged. I actually just brought him some more camo pants because I thought they were really cute. Uh, So many pockets, too. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And finally, from the Don't Forget Your Helmet Today Thurman Studios in uh, Buffalo, New York, it's Bobby Pape. Uh, Good game day to you, my friend. Many thanks, sir. In fact, I do believe I'm going to be dusting off my Thurman Thomas uh, jersey that was gifted to me by one Matt Baca to watch the game in later. Wasn't it a, a, a gag gift in the way that he thought you were fat, so he sent you like a 7X <laughs> yep. uh, Thurman Thomas jersey that he found? Yep. Like what a, a sale. I, I'm sure it came from one of those flea markets where they sell all of the knockoff Chinese merchandise and then this jersey was just there, but I'll take it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, uh, four-time Super Bowl winning uh, alternate universe <laughs> Thurman Thomas jersey. Yeah. Um, There's a very large cold child in Ethiopia or something because I got this jersey. <laughs> there could have been That could have covered a family of kids on a cold night. Um, <laughs> on the show today, we will do a little small talk, in, including our Grease 2 viewing party update. <laughs> this week in Baking with Anne, then Medium Talk, where our question of the week is our topic of the week. As part of the 2020 Tishi movie extravaganza, we will uh, roll out our favorite, and in my case, one of my least favorites, uh, <laughs> sports movies. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm excited for this. Anne's excited. Also, if we have time, we will bring you a news story. And as always, we, we might have some uh, TC recommends. You never know. Uh, of course, we'll straighten up our house and uh, let you know how to get involved before we head out the door. But first, uh, we have an update on the Facebook. Anyone have that uh, Facebook page up? Where are we at? we got to be almost there. Like I just weeks, updated right? it. So close. So close. 185 brave souls have joined our Facebook page, including my friend Lane Stewart. Lane, so nice to see your name back. 
Welcome. Nice. Welcome. <laughs> yes, maybe we should start highlighting the people as they come. <laughs> A little notoriety. Uh-huh. Right. Like, give them some walk-up music. Whatever they need. Whatever you got to have. Let's get there. I want to see this grease, too. And I, I can't see it without your help. And somebody... Um, who posted that they had a, they found their uh, VHS of it? Uh, Brie. Yes, that's right. And it was. Oh. I mean, just seeing that cover, I like. I remember the tactile feel of it. Like I, I remember holding it in my hands, and being like, "Okay, I'm ready to go. Let's watch it. Come on, guys, slip it in." Mm-hmm. And then you blow in the cartridge because that mm-hmm. works. <laughs> Make sure all the dust is off, and blow in the VCR. Make sure all the dust is off. Hit some tracking, get it all lined up, and you're ready to go and watch your. I want to order up a copy of that (laughs) because we still have a VCR somewhere, and Cullen still has all of his old Winnie the Pooh uh, videos, and I'm sure he'd love to to bust that thing out and and we could watch Grease 2 for about a minute before he'd leave, (laughs) and then lurk around in the hallway until he can get a hold of the. VCR for the Winnie the Pooh marathon. My VCR died a couple of years ago now, and I'm really sad because I still have all my Time Life Muppets collection. Oh, that's really good. Um, I have a VCR, but I don't. I don't know if it works. I don't know why we just still kind of like have it hanging around. The one thing that I I don't really care about anything except I do have like a play that I was in that's on like that I stole oh. for my pay. No, that you don't want to see it. It's like my third, fourth, and fifth grade. <laughs> plays um but i need to figure 205 out. uh <laughs> facebook followers and we will do a watch party <laughs> <Fillers. laughs> is it weird rolls. because it's it's taped over episodes of cheers that were taped <laughs> off the tv probably probably i think i have the parent trap and the parent trap 2 as well which is not the Lindsay lohan version it's a parent trap 2 where it's just like Susan and Sharon as adults and getting together with Tom Skerritt. That's the first time I ever saw Tom Skerritt was in Parent Trap 2. It's really good. I, I would actually almost <laughs> convert that to DVD to watch it. Does he have the mustache? Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Question. Which week? So uh, we'll get to this in a little bit, but this whole month is going to be movie month uh, at Tishi because the rest of the world is a depressing wasteland right <laughs> yes. now. Yep. And so we don't want to talk about current events. So we're going with evergreen content. Um, which week is Tom Skerritt week? I can't remember. I mean, honestly. <laughs> Bobby, you know Tom Skerritt is in space camp. You can't do that to me if you don't mean it. Maybe we, there should be a mustache week. This movie mustache. Really could Ooh. be. There really could be a Tom Skerritt week. That could week. be my like, chance to bring Roadhouse uh, back. Mm, right. <laughs> mustache week. Mr. 3000 maybe makes an appearance. Uh, yeah. Ooh, God, I often thought about that for today, actually, but... Mr. 3000. Oh my God. <laughs> Although actually I, I'll hold, I'll keep my powder dry because uh, my, my movie would qualify for mustache week. Now that I think about it. There you go. Anyway. Sorry. I didn't okay. mean to derail us off scare talk. <laughs> no. Okay. So uh, the, the last topic in, in small talk is, and a baking roundup. And we're all anxious to hear yes. about this. Now that I'm finally back on my feet again, I, I'm, I'm interested in hearing about. Oh, that's true. Food. Now that you're not spewing up your guts yeah. and whatever else you were spewing for a whole week. Lots of spewing. <laughs> spewing. Um, I haven't talked about what I've been baking lately. And I just thought I'd mention it because on New Year's Eve, I always try to bake something because let's face it, I'm not going out. <laughs> Nobody's inviting me anywhere. So I usually try to bake like some new weird recipe that I wouldn't necessarily take into work. Like I made a sour cream raisin pie 
once. Mm. I would never take that to work because people are so weird about raisins. But uh, I didn't really have it in me this year to do something weird. So I just made a lemon and strawberry tart. So it had a layer of strawberry jam in the bottom and then a lemon curd whipped cream filling. Oh, yeah. But um, because of that, I had um, strawberry jam left over and lemon curd left over and egg whites left over from the tart dough. So I had to make macarons the next day obviously. with the egg whites, obviously, so that then I could fill them with the lemon curd and the strawberry jam. And um, I still, well... As of this morning, I had a lemon curd and strawberry jam left. And after breakfast, I only have strawberry jam left because I ate the rest of the lemon curd with the spoon. Of course. Which is normal mm-hmm. for breakfast, right? Yeah, of right. course. Sure. Yeah, it's right. like a it's breakfast a solution. Solution. It's a breakfast soup kind of thing. It has eggs in it. <laughs> yeah. And lots of them. them. It's fine. So um, that's where this cascade of ingredients has led me the sorry <laughs> position and now mm-hmm. i'm i'm ready to start the year fresh i'm gonna make a chocolate cake straight up chocolate cake oh. chocolate buttercream frosting uh. and bring that in on monday as everybody is listening to this and start the oh, new year man. off right yeah you know what i would do if i worked in your office i would come in i would follow you into the break room every morning <laughs> with a with a little box of raisins and just <laughs> Cover the whole thing. (laughs) Oh, man. Raisins. (laughs) Everybody, leave it alone. Fucking raisins. And then take a massive slice back to my office. My favorite thing to watch is when, you know, the receptionist emails the office. Oh, um, somebody so-and-so brought, like, um, breakfast tacos in. They're in the, you know, in the lobby or whatever. And I like to watch how all the fat Hoof people beats. go running. And they're not even fat, but everybody's just, like, power walking to the middle of the office. And I want to see how, like, when it's, like, Anne's here and everybody's just, like, trying to be super subtle about it. Like, I'm just going to the kitchen right now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, just stretching. Oh, hey, Anne. <laughs> it is amazing how many people realize that they have business on the fourth floor right about 9.30 on yeah, Monday morning. Yeah. Well, I got to go see Steve on the fourth floor. Yeah. Uh, uh. I hate these weekly meetings with Steve. <laughs> Steve's on vacation. Yeah, I got to drop something off at his office. One of our assistant directors has a half hour from nine thirty to ten blocked out on his calendar, so nobody can schedule him. Yeah, busy. I'll be chewing. This is chewing time. <laughs> I just have this dream of the Poland Spring guy showing up with a five-gallon jug of cold milk to put in the dispenser. Uh, oh yeah. So that's it. That's what's going on over in Stick of Butter Kitchens. Oh, man. Um, Sounds great. Not that she'll ever hear this because she respects both my privacy and her hatred of technology, but I should give Sam some credit. I mean, I haven't baked much in a while, but Sam took a stab at making rainbow cookies, like the Italian three-layer chocolate-covered rainbow cookies with raspberry jam between the layers. Sure. And she did a really good job, and, like, she doesn't do a lot of that kind of stuff so it was like a zero to 60 challenge she just hit the ground and nailed it i mean we had to order the right size pans before we could even do it Hmm. and they were really good and now i am a little bit jealous but mostly just happy that i got to eat a bunch of italian rainbow cookies which are some (laughs) of my favorites Mm -hmm. because they're basically little cakes and like it's a lot of work making those Mm -hmm. three layers and putting it all together and covering it sort of fiddly yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where it's way easier to just go to a bakery and get a pound of them. Yep. 
uh, and then sit in your car and not tell anyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I'm a little jealous now. I, I feel like I could get my baking back. I don't know. I should make something soon. You should do it. I'll you work got on a popover that. pan? I do have a popover pan. I have not made popovers in a while. I should do... Popovers are easy. That's that's uh, that's just a good breakfast uh, thing. Just it's like fine. you, eggs. You, yeah, you get, get a lot of bang curd. for your buck with a popover. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, people are impressed until they realize it's full of air. I love cheese popovers. I yep. love them. I'm so They're hungry. so good. I'm so hungry right now. All right. Popover All right. soon. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, as they used to say at FDI, FCI Sheridan, um, when the, the big man would come through the door with a big uh, big bag, you'd say, mail is on deck. Mail <laughs> is on deck. What do we have in the mail bag this week? Okay. Funny well, they I... do that at Chippendales, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mail on deck. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about the Patrick Swayze um uh, what's his face? Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Farley. Yeah. God. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he good. was so funny. He was so funny. Both of them were funny, but Chris Farley yep. was fucking hilarious. Um, okay. In Swayze week, too. We talked <laughs> yes. about that the other day. In earnest, talked about it. because Good-looking guys we forgive because they're funny. Yeah. Yep. Um, as far as regular mail goes, we have one from uh, Mr. Bob Stein, and he says, Hi, everythingers. Is that our nickname? Is that what we're going with? Is that our... I think mm. so. Yeah. Okay. That's what's sticking. Um, just wanted to throw in my pick for Christmas music, the instrumental version of Christmas Time is Here by Vince Guaraldi, which is great. The harmonies, actually, Dave and I disagree on it. I'm like, oh, Christmas time, it's so lovely. And he's like, ugh, I hate this. So I don't know why we're married. What? That's, I know, it's Oof. bizarre. Um, the harmonies are beautiful. The melody evokes feelings for me of nostalgia, wist- wistfulness, and joy. The perfect combo for the holidays. The tune is equally at home in the suburban living room or a New York bar at Christmas. Love it's you- good. Yeah, it is. Uh, love you all. I hope you have a very joyous New Year and gain strength from your friends and family to endure what may be a momentous and difficult 2020. Everybody's Ooh. saying that. I know. Everybody's real pessimistic about 2020. Well, I mean, we we're four looming. days in and we're at war with Iran. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, we're, are we like, where's the shelter? Do we need to build one? I mean, exactly. Yeah, the, 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 Dow Jones is doing great, guys. <laughs> My, the guy, people, guys, I see this is why Trump's going to win because the guys I work with who are like not conservative at, like at all, really socially, but they're like, but the, the Dow is doing, look at the stock market. It's doing great. And I'm like, shut up. It doesn't matter. It's not, he is not in charge of it. Monkey in office is stock, exactly. stock market. Be exactly. Fine. Come on. Um, yeah, so that's depressing. But thank you, Bob. I appreciate the well wishes. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Um, and then circling back to our question of the week last week, what is a sort of pop culture thing that uh, you hate that everybody else loves? Or Anne, how did you say it? That everybody else loves that you hate. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. The emphasis is so great and important. Okay, we're going to, a few that we're going to read. We had a really great response. People love, you know, people hate some shit and it's good. Express it. You can express I it on our page. It. Let it I know. all out. It does. Nobody cares. It's fine. Like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. get offended. Um, uh, could I, can I interrupt? Because I never got to do mine on the show. Oh, yes, Bobby. I'm so sorry. And no, no, that's all right. And I, I thought about this. And I mean, I, I have a moderate dislike of almost everything, being the old man <laughs> that I am. 
Uh, and, you know, I thought about things like Harry Potter, although I have to say, and I've said this on the show many times, now, I have now seen every Harry Potter movie in mm-hmm. 20 to 30 minute intervals on USA Network or whatever. And I, <laughs> the movies are fine. And I know the characters enough now that I sort of appreciate their development and whatever. But I tried to read the first book and I just and then everyone said, no, you got to get past the first book. And I said, what the fuck is the point of a series if you have to get past the first book? What is this? Know. This mm-hmm. is Parks and Recreation? No, I'm not going to. I was going to say, that's why I still haven't watched Parks and Recreation. Well, and again, like, I powered to get through the first season. I, I powered through, but TV is different because TV is kind of mindless. When you're reading a book, you got to sit and read the fucking book. Like, yeah. Yeah. TV is, you can do other things. You can two screen something like Parks and Rec. <laughs> Uh, You'll be a really good boxer if you just just let that first person just punch you right in the face, and then then that's over, and everything will be great. No, that's all right. I'll skip the boxing. Thanks. But um, uh, I have one that this came up at uh, family dinner with Sam's Sam's family. Sam's mom made a passing reference to a character in a show in a moment that everyone else was supposed to get, and I just had a blank stare. And that show is. the Big Bang Theory. Oh, oh, I'm familiar with it. I've seen some of it. Right, and I'm just, aware of it, but yeah, it's it's. it's I dislike it. Right, it, it is. It's a, it's something. It's not the worst thing that ever was put on TV. I'm it's pretty misogynistic. Yeah, it's like look at the uh, slut. Yeah, She's I'd, dumb. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. They did start off on that. They leaned heavily well, on she, that. She is blonde, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, it's just my issue with Big Bang Theory is every episode I've seen or every moment I've seen, it's it's um, it's the opposite of Frasier. Like Frasier was was uh, smart for smart people ish. Mm-hmm. And Big Bang Theory is what not smart people think smart people are mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's written for people to basically make fun of smart people on top of everything else. But it's it's just such a poor execution of that. Yep. Like, okay, so he's basically got Asperger's or something, and she's a slut, and he's snarky, and it's just like, oh, really? Yeah. I'm so tired. I can't get through it. And then, it, well, it's just one of those things where I wouldn't care, except it's reached a point of cultural uh, relevance that people will make these references to things in it, and I'll just be like, it's not Friends, which you can love or hate, but everybody watched. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not... It's not Cheers. It's not one of these shows that people all kind of knew well enough in their heyday to uh, to make these kind of references on. I, I missed the boat on an entire raft of family comedy because of this. I'm I'm not exactly sad about that, but no, I just hate I that it bothers me. That like I hate that it comes up and I I won't be bothered to go figure out what the hell it means. So mm-hmm. Big Bang Theory is my answer. Um, I think Jim Parsons did a really good job with the yeah. character. Yeah, I think yeah he's a very funny comic actor. But I agree with you, Bobby. I don't well, and I, don't I see care for that ads. Show. Be- because they just carpet bomb Sunday night football or not Sunday night football, but Sunday AFC football on CBS for young Sheldon. And I, I actually look at young Sheldon and I think I'm not going to watch it, but it's, it's probably a better show because at the end of the day, it's just a family situational comedy, episodic comedy. Like, they have some sort of turmoil. It's resolved at the end of the episode. The kid is charming. Catch the end of it right before God friended me. But like that—that's basically just Roseanne with a nerd is one of the kids, right? Or or any of those family shows where one of the kid happens to be like a super smart aleck and like they they took a very yeah yeah, in the middle yeah exactly. It's just another one of those, and I'm sure that's fine. Uh, But that premise is is pretty simple. But anyway, Big Bang Theory frustrates me because I think it sets—it's basically bad for everyone involved. 
every yeah. stereotype and every audience type. It's... Man, Chuck Lorre just like prints money though. Somehow right? he just like has tapped into something, and I don't I haven't watched any of them. My grandmother thought that what was the what was the one with um. I can't remember the name. The one with Charlie Sheen. Two and a Half Men. I mean, loved it. And I would watch it. And I'm like, this is the dirtiest thing I've ever seen that's like not on, um, you know, HBO. And she thought it was hilarious. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it uh, it went on and on and on. And yeah, they, yeah. He has something. I don't know. And Mom is still on, which is a show like I like Anna Faris and I love Alice and Janney. Right. I've never watched that show before, though. So I don't. My brother loves that show. Yeah. I don't. Listen, he's making—he's the only person making money in network television. That's the same thought I had about Allison Janney. I'm like, what is she doing this for? Know. She's such a good actress. Oh, right, because mm-hmm. the show is going to be on her, forever. You know, she, she, she has her money uh, on that as her, West Wing. Her her Eddie Bauer folding chair set up by the mailbox now. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello, Mr. Mailman. Please give Hello. me that check. Um, Mike, do you, did you want to add anything to your dislike? No, I didn't give it, uh, too much thought. <laughs> I mean, cause, cause there's probably 25 things that I could go on about yes. forever. Oh, you already have something that you're going on about. So we need to reserve that for <laughs> later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, as far as the rest of you guys, we had some, um, choice ones that we picked out. Um, Linda said, I don't like the office. Awkward humor makes me feel awkward, cringy. Um, I feel I've, the same way about Arrested Development. Yes, where you're just like, oh, oh. um, I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to render judgment on all of these. Everybody likes mm-hmm. what they like. This is, mm-hmm. this is, these are, this is. We want y'all to be honest. Um, though I'm going to roast the next person. Um, a certain Meredith <laughs> said, "I don't like flea bag ducks. I think that's totally fine if you don't f- like flea bag." But Meredith did say she loved Killing Eve, and you know who wrote it. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who also wrote and stars in Fleabag. Um, so, anyway, I just had to make fun of her a little bit for that, but that's I mean, okay. she's no Chuck Lorre, but... <laughs> I know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, if, if we could all be Chuck Lorre, we'd... I don't know. We'd be on, like, a remote island somewhere. Um, Kate said, anything Star Wars does nothing for me at all. I will show myself out. Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to say about that. uh, Ken commented that he uh, sort of along the lines that he gets irritated because people that haven't seen Star Wars really feel compelled to tell you that they haven't seen Star Wars. And I don't know about Ken's experience, but that has not been my experience at all. My freshman roommate in college hadn't seen Star Wars and I watched so many people say, what? Oh my God, you have to watch Star Wars. You have to. Your life isn't complete unless you've seen Star Wars. And she was like, oh, no thanks. I'm fine. It was always everybody else that made a big deal about it and not her. Yes. Yeah, 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 Mm. for sure. It's your own fault okay. if you don't like a samurai movie set in space. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to give the short version of my Star Wars. Uh-oh. But it was a cool movie. I, my dad took me to it when I was a little kid, maybe 12, 13. I don't know. Cool movie. Fun. Um, the second movie was, was uh, I went to it, I think, myself when I was a few years older. And it was, it was, it was intense. And it was The Empire Strikes Back. And I liked it. It was a good movie. Then, uh, then I had the opposite experience of Christy, probably because of our ages. As soon as those 
whatever they were, those teddy bears jumped on those. <laughs> those Ewoks. Uh, you know they're Ewoks. They're so cute. The they what what were those? They're like jet skis, but they went through the air. I mean, it was really really stupid. And and then after that, um, you know, it not only did did the the they lost me with the narrative there, but at a certain point. Um, I don't know if it was in the 90s or the 2000s, but it just seemed like uh, they would come out with a new remastered or reformatted yeah. or this or that, even when they weren't even putting out new content every three or four years. And I'm like, this this is like, I really admire the hell out of this cash machine because they haven't put out anything fucking good in a long time, seemingly, even if you even ask some of the critics. But the money was just flowing and yep. still does to yep. this day oh yeah and i admire the hell out of that part of it it's just you lost you lost me a long time ago with this story so. um Agreed. i i love the first three mm-hmm. i or the first i know they're the middle three as far as the timeline goes but the first three that were oh, released God. don't get me started about and then, it and, uh, <laughs> the, the second three are horrible sorry anybody they're awful and i they're, don't think you're offending anyone and the so only people bad. who've had a vested interest in that got George paid Lucas. a long time ago yeah, exactly. don't worry about it rory loves them <laughs> he loves phantom menace and i'm like this is a bad movie but he just likes it because there's a little kid all, in. all little blonde kids love phantom menace because right. right they see themselves in it that's yeah. his oh. taste doesn't matter he's a kid he thinks it matters um okay moving on um phyllis said seinfeld um preach yeah. I hated Seinfeld. (laughs) I loved it at the time, and I really haven't watched it since because it is kind of awkwardy humor that is. And his his jeans are aggressively nineties. Like I can't, and like a mock turtleneck tucked in. (laughs) Bazooka Joe. (laughs) I hated Seinfeld for the same reason that I hated Jonathan Franzen's The Corrections because I don't want to spend time with such terrible people. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So uh, where do you all land on It's Always Sunny? Because it's basically Seinfeld with less morals. I watched one episode of It's Always Sunny, and I thought it was pretty funny, and then I've never gone back. I'm basically the same. I mean, it's a little bit um, meaner than I'm, like, interested in, but I laughed. I mean, I think all the people that are involved in it are are really funny. Maybe because it's not on, um, like, network television or whatever. It was on FX, so I just – it kind of wasn't a part of my um, – Cycle. And I think I think the reruns are now Marathon Daily and FXXXXX. Yes. <laughs> um, Alicia said the Simpsons cannot stand it. Can period not period stand period. When it. I was going through these, I tried to pick out some that I knew that we would have reactions to. I gotta lock Alicia and Bet in a room and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Who comes out alive? <laughs> I, now, again, I, I'll give this. Alicia, I'm, I'm talking just to you now. Everybody else can listen in. <laughs> Alicia, you need to sit down with, with a choice-ranked list of 10 or 20 episodes from seasons 3 to 8. Everything else is garbage. I don't watch the new Simpsons episodes. They're terrible. Um, and the first ones, the first couple ones that look like, you know, the Tracy Ullman sketch. Oh. I mean... Right, exactly. You've really got a bad feeling. You got to zone in. There's, there's a, there's a sweet spot with the history of the Simpsons. The, the show is so old that it has completely evolved into something that it's not anymore. It sounds kind of like a show we used to talk about. <laughs> and 
that that three through eight, there's a lot of gems in there. And someday I will sit down and write the definitive top 25 list or something. I'll probably get Bet to help me. But Alicia, we just have to find you those episodes because I think that's the problem is that you've seen a lot of crap. and Or maybe you know. Alicia just doesn't like it. No, she's wrong. I mean, there's no question there. <laughs> I love you, Alicia. I will buy you a drink in Boston next time I see you, but we gotta we gotta fix this. I am not a huge fan of The Simpsons either. I don't hate it the way that Alicia does. And whenever I would like watch walk through and my brothers would be watching it, I you know, it it's funny and I would laugh, but I would never choose to turn it on for myself because I'm just really not very interested in animation. And that kind of goes to some other things coming further down our list too i just it's not a a medium that works for me yeah yeah well the next one is yeah it's a really big blanket statement here (laughs) kevin i do not like pixar movies friends always talk about how good they are i say humbug a little christmas oriented um i um like love the toy story movies they make me cry i mean every movie makes me cry but they make me cry um I have, and this kind of goes towards um, Daniel, which I'll just kind of tack on, um, some of the more contemplative Pixar movies, I don't care about. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and read Daniel's. Wally, it gets heavy-handed and ham-fisted in the second half and ruins a beautiful beginning. Uh, (laughs) Bobby, sorry. It's a Wonderful Life (laughs) is manipulative trickle. Stop telling me Idris Elba needs to be cast in every damn movie that comes along. He's really not that good of an actor. And enough with the sanctification of Betty White. She's as much of a national treasure as the movie National Treasure is. She's just old. (laughs) Daniel's just like burning it down. I laughed so hard at the she's just old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I agree. Like I kind of thought Wally was boring. I I didn't like inside what was it? whatever inside out everybody was like this is the most amazing and I was like ready to love it I love you know the, all the voice actors and it was like good but it was I don't know it, it like did, there wasn't enough action I thought it was kind of boring after a while I agreed with a couple of comments on uh the Facebook page where people said it was Pixar films that can be emotionally manipulative. Oh, yes. And I, I, you guys know me, I'm always like half a heartbeat away from breaking down in tears anyway. (laughs) I don't need to go and sob at the movies. (laughs) Not Hillary. (laughs) That's how I release all my emotions. I know. I hide from it because I can't take the emotions. Oh, yeah. Um, But I I agree. I, I do think that they're manipulative. If I think about in... Um, Toy Story 2 when I think about um, Jesse thinking about her first owner and she's like there and Sarah McLaughlin is singing in the background like I'm gonna start crying right now it's so sad um, but so well done but so sad um, but anyway okay Anne Miner says I hate Fargo with a fiery passion I'm wondering if she's talking about the movie or the TV show I assume the movie um, but I just the, the whole movie. The, just the, the whole business the city <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right down to the city. Um, She'll drive around it if she has to. I've never seen either, which is kind of embarrassing. Uh, City, or any of them. City, movie, uh, uh, TV show. I've never seen any of them. That's the trifecta. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Boom. And then Peter going right to my heart. Anything on Bravo. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, fine. I just... I. 
Am I going to be the one who makes a defense here? <laughs> oh, bravo. Below deck is great. Right? <laughs> it is. If you're going to watch garbage television of, of yeah. any stripe, why yeah. not Below Deck? That's all the same shit on all the different channels anyway. Just It's slightly different flavored. If I'm going to watch seven people playing real world in their version it's going to be on a yacht yes if i if yeah. i hear about below deck on bravo i think it's a chippendales show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right ellen says disney anything i'm not even kidding that's a bold statement because disney ellen, owns I, fucking I everything well i want to know I, more ellen yeah, I don't think she's trying to say like everything Star that Wars, Disney Marvel. owns at this point is terrible because that's impossible. <laughs> but um, but I think she means like the Disney like vault, yes. maybe maybe yeah. their like, classic, like the princess movies, or probably like probably Herbie, more in the that love vein bug. <laughs> or I mean, what are we talking about park. here, Ellen? ESPN. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, I hate all sports, you know, like in the old, like olden days when England owned like India and stuff, it was like the sun never sets on the British empire. That's like what Disney yeah. is now. It's like, sure. As far as the, I can mm-hmm. see, uh, Disney owns that Fox, ABC. So you could have that corporate hate yeah. and not the, yeah. and not the I can, I can totally understand hating Disney as a corporation. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We need some clarification. Um, and then finally, Mia says, Dancing with the Stars, Survivor, Shark Tank, and anything starring Owen Wilson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I will say that my that reminds me of my mother. She once told me, this is going to be a glimpse into my mother. Um, she said, Owen Wilson's nose looks like a penis. <laughs> it's a secret to his success. Jesus. I, I don't want to think about penis face. she's seen. <laughs> Um, so that's like our family feeling on Owen Wilson, though he is from Dallas. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, he, I don't love him. I mean, I liked him, I guess, on, um, Wedding Crashers. I don't know, he's kind of funny, but he's the least funny one in that, but. Right. You're not rushing out to watch your DVD copy of Drillbit Taylor? <laughs> no. Oh, me inspired me to go back and look through his IMDb <laughs> list because I was like, what have I seen Owen Wilson in that I really liked? I did like Shanghai Noon. Yeah, it was good. I thought that was a pretty funny movie. Yeah. But the only other thing that I really liked him in, wait, I got to go find it, was not a comedy it was one where he played like a Navy pilot who got shot oh, down behind lines right. in Bosnia and had yes. to find his way out. Yes. I yes. was like, this is kind of a serviceable action movie. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. He had some like, I think, emotional trubs that derailed him a little bit. But um, he is behind enemy lines yes. from 2001. Yeah, he was he was a star, and he's the voice in Cars, which actually is uh, the worst of the. I mean, that's the money grab for Pixar. Those are not good movies. They're not even like fun good. They're like just not good. Mm-hmm. I was pulling up lists of best and worst movies in preparation for today's recording. Best and worst sports movies, and way at the bottom of a list of worst sports movies, like on a ranker list or something, where people are in charge instead of you know actual, you know. <laughs> Where, where mob rule reigns supreme, Cars was just oh. randomly mentioned at the yeah. end as a, as the worst sports movie. <laughs> God. 
Well, I guess, you know, that's the argument, like, is NASCAR a sport? Is sure. Talladega Nights, Nights a sports, a sports movie? movie? Yeah, sure. Ooh, that would be low on my list. Yeah. Well, I I never loved that movie until I heard an interview with Adam McKay, and then I went back and listened, watched the movie again, and I enjoyed it a lot more as a political movie, so. It's it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> Anyway, I well, hope I didn't I... just blow anyone's. <laughs> that was my choice. <laughs> that All right. political statement that is Talladega Nights. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, that brings us to our medium talk and our big topic and our question of the week. All those things we've been talking in our jamborees the last few weeks about doing a um, celebration of movies leading up um, to the Academy Awards. In fact, we are in award season. Hillary, you follow award season. Of course. Um, I just I actually, I had to move. I have plans on um, like a mom's happy hour on um, Sunday. And I was like, hey, guys, can we move it back to 530? Because the Golden Globes start. And I need to be. I Golden need, Globes. <laughs> which are nonsense awards. But I need to be there to watch them. I have to digest them tweet about mm -hmm. them i'm ready to go well these are the precursors though though these are the early heats in award yes. season yes. somebody's got to keep track of yes. who makes the gaffes and yes yeah and the best part about the golden globes is they drink at them and obviously nobody eats because they're all like anorexic and so people get up and they make nonsense statements it's great <laughs> Oh, so they, they're actually accepting speeches. They don't just stand up at their table and say, fuck all you sons of bitches and, you know, raise their glass. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what I always imagine it is. <laughs> I've always hated all y'all. Uh, so our first topic is going to be sports movies, but what what else is coming down the pike? Let's, uh, let's tease that a little bit before we get started. We haven't made any other firm decisions, but we have talked about dance movies yes <laughs> yes i'm ready <laughs> so my body is ready i'm so ready yeah. trembling <laughs> terrible cult classics uh musicals um yeah. um movies about journalists as heroes yeah yeah i mean all the president's men and so forth yes patrick swayze Movies, just obviously. as a blanket. Even, <laughs> even before we started recording today, that was on the short list. Yeah. Mustache movies. <laughs> Tom Skerritt movies. <laughs> uh, period um, pieces. Movies yes, set in yes. a different time past. Maybe one for the past and one for the future so that we can get. Um, well, what Star Wars technically set in the past, isn't it? So. A long time ago in a galaxy yep. far, far away. So we can yeah. do Star Wars as a past movie. <laughs> Christy had something that I couldn't quite understand about movies that were books that became movies that became musicals that became... I don't know. <laughs> I know. It was definitely like lead to lead to lead to... So uh, the producers. That's exactly, the only one I can think of. Exactly. Been... Yeah. I'm trying to think. Hairspray was a... Mm, movie then it was a musical then it was a movie again mm -hmm. so uh yeah so we're trying to let inspiration uh lead us so we started this conversation about categories and if you have any other categories you should let us know because all of january is going to be dedicated to this and medium talk is we're going to break down some some world of movies some genre of movies some genre of movies <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> Uh, but sports was a pretty easy one to start with because we all have some feelings about this. And so. Uh, okay. Well, except Meredith. Meredith yeah. was like, well, I wasn't on the show last week, but I probably shouldn't be on sports movie week. <laughs> we were like, well, yeah, probably not. Probably not. 
Chill just out, Just a kid. lot of silence yeah, <laughs> on her part. We should do a food movie this week because Meredith drove to Canada for soup dumplings the other day. Oh, yeah. Yes. Big night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yep, that was a heavily followed post uh, on her page. But um, we're going to do sports movies this week. And I'm going to lead off with my positive sports movie because we're going to clean up with um, my negative sports movie. And we don't want to be negative all day. Um, but we really think we have something in store for you at the end here. But to start with, I'm bringing up uh, a subject and a uh, and a brand that's very familiar to everyone uh, at this point, and that's Friday Night Lights. Um, I've read this book. Uh, I think I might have still been in college. I mean, this is this is a this is an older book, like late '70s, early '80s. H.B. Bissinger. Uh, wrote this book. He spent a season with a team in Odessa in, in West Texas, Permian. And um, it wasn't so much, uh, it wasn't like a a fairy book story or, you know, I mean, this, this was a really rough book about some kids and families leading really rough lives out in the oil fields. And, and uh, it was about, West Texas football and jock culture, and it's just a pure distillation of, of jock culture. And by reading it, you come to understand um, how some of these guys are the way they are, you know, because you meet them later in life and out in the world, and you're like, wow, this guy, your, your, your high school career meant a lot, dude. And it's true because it did, and it does, and it still does. So he wrote this book, and it was received really well. It, probably won some awards or whatever and i don't think he ever wrote anything really great again because this guy's a complete asshole he's a if you've he's, seen him on talk he's shows a looney tunes he's he's crazy he's a really good but, writer but he is he's a kook but it's, it's like it's like how somebody has like one fantastic song in them mm-hmm. you know yeah. or album and they write it and it's over with and later on you're like oh man i want to see what that guy does next and you're like oh well, this is awful, and this is terrible, and he's a horrible person. But anyway, he got the, he squoze this book out. <laughs> it's fantastic, and then it was uh, adapted uh, for this for the screen. And Peter Berg uh, did it, and uh, Billy Bob Thornton plays the coach, um, um, who, you know, later on the TV would be the heartthrob. Uh, what's his name? I don't know. Kyle Chandler. Chandler. <laughs> Kyle Chandler. Okay. <laughs> well, Billy Bob, it, he plays it a um, not completely different way. He has the same wife in Connie Britton um, in the movie that on the show. Is, is that piece. the guy from the box masters? You're talking about uh, Peter Berg or Billy Bob Thornton? Billy Bob Thornton, right? He's that guy from that band. Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh, right. All right. Sorry. You wouldn't ask you wouldn't ask me about Tom Petty. Um <laughs> I don't even remember how that went. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but the 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 acting is is amazing. Derek Luke uh who who plays the, mm-hmm. the star who gets injured. Um the 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 film is pretty faithful to the book as far as what happened. Um in 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 life i mean but it's a whole different take it's not it's not as as spare you do get you do get the jock culture and you do get to figure a lot of things out and the soundtrack is unbelievable and you know there's such emotion in this movie um 
and Garrett Headland and and uh, and and uh, come on, Tim McGraw, Tim. easy on the eyes. Yeah. As long um, as he's wearing a hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is wearing a hat for most of the movie. Um, but no, he's really good in it. He, I think it was like his first acting role, and he was excellent. I thought he did a really good job. He's sort of scary. Oh, yeah, and he and he went ended up being the Blind Side. Was yeah. really good in that and all that. But. Um, uh, I don't know if Bobby's seen the movie, but really the weak link acting wise, and I'm sorry to say this, is uh, NCIS is uh, Lucas Black, who plays the quarterback, uh, probably the main character. So, yeah, he's a little rough to watch. He's but. not. He's not an NCIS OG. He's on the New Orleans whatever. So I don't care. Oh, okay. Okay. He's on with uh, with the guy who who quantum leaps, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> He's on the Quantum Leap Guy show. Yeah, Ziggy says he can't leap until they catch the bad guy. That's that's a whole different genre. That's genre. that's a whole different branch of the NCIS universe. I I'm I'm a purist. I don't care about any of the other cities. They can all burn. I'm a DC diehard. Oh. All right. So um, so the the film is fantastic. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not going to go into too much about that if you haven't seen it see it whatever but what's what's most impressive about this piece of art is it was a it was a great book it was a great movie and the the football was really well done by the way which is important and we'll talk a lot more about that kind of (laughs) that kind of reality in sports movies in in the upcoming movies but um great great sports action but then it turned into a TV series, which was its own thing. I mean, just completely different property, but with some, you know, there there were there was like some soundtrack carryover, there was some acting carryover, and enough people that cared, like went from one project to the other. But it's a completely different thing. And I think one of the things that Christy was talking about were were pieces of of art that were done really well or really poorly, you know, in all. I'm interested to see some a uh, piece of art that 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 got really mangled through every phase of it from the beginning to the end. But but this is the opposite. I mean, I like yeah. all of the properties, and the movie is um, probably I don't know. It's a, it's a three way tie now that I'm watching the the TV show again, it, which is really well done. Um, you know, I like I like the soap opera aspect of it. I watched Young and the Restless and <laughs> All My Children and all that shit. So. So that that sort of appeals to me too. That get some girls involved in the in the TV Lyle show. Lila Garrity, you know, that's like one of Dave's, Lots of, Dave's only brunette crushes is Lila Garrity. I think a lot of <laughs> really good-looking girls on the TV show that <laughs> were not in the movie. So, um, yeah, no, all three properties are 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 enjoyable. I like all of them a lot. Mm-hmm. It's rare. It is. It's really rare. Mm-hmm. Because you usually like watching one thing like, well, they would never have done that in the blah, Totally, you know. yeah. <laughs> that was 2004, Friday yeah. Night Lights, the, yeah. the film. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. And Lundholm? Well, we're going to follow the star of Friday Night Lights, um, Jay Hernandez, who oh. played Brian Chavez. We're going to uh-huh. follow him. Swim right- band? To be <laughs> to his role as Joaquin Wack Campos on The Rookie, the oh, G-rated yes. Dennis Quaid baseball movie from 2002, which I do own on DVD. Um, 
I think it is a Disney property, Ellen. So you can't hate this, Ellen. You can't hate the rookie. It is one of those movies where you're you watch it and you're like, well, this is ridiculous. It can't possibly be true, except that it is based on the true story. Yep. Um, Jimmy Morris was a real time uh, minor league baseball player who got hurt, had lots of surgeries, and never made it out of minor league ball. And so he returned to West Texas. Again, we're in Texas, where he became a high school science teacher and the coach of the uh, school's underdog baseball team. And um, in order to motivate them, he made a bet with them that if they won the district championship, he would go to a major league tryout. Just an open because, call major league Because tryout. he was throwing batting practice to them, and they were like, Jesus Christ, your arm, dude. Yeah. You still have this yep. arm. <laughs> and they did win the district, as they did in real life. He did go to a Tampa Bay Rays tryout, and I, I, it was humiliating for him to just be there. In the movie, he has three little kids that he has to take with him to the audition, audition, tryout. And so he's got, like, the baby in the stroller and the uh-huh. little three-year-old girl and the little boy and everybody is just like, what are you doing here? And then he goes out on the mound and he throws a 98 mile per hour fastball. And they're like, oh, holy shit. And so it takes him on the journey to get up to the majors. And in real life, the real life Jimmy Morris did uh, play just, you know, they say cup of coffee with the major league team. He played part of 1999 and a little bit 2000. But uh, really that 35 year old arm fell apart yeah. again. Yeah. But it was mm-hmm. never of for course. him about making a big league career at this point. It was about following his dream and achieving that goal of being a major league pitcher. And um, it's really, it's a lovely movie. And Dennis Quaid um, was 48. I looked it up Uh, a little bit old to be playing the 35 year old, but you know, he kind of pulls it off. It's not too bad. And, uh, and he looks pretty pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty hunky. He really looks like he he could be a pitcher. Right, exactly. That's that will add a few years to your um, mm-hmm. being able to pull something off, as you actually look like you're pulling it off athletically. So yep, yep. Put a pin a in people trying to play younger. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I make the point that he was uh, 48 for for a, a purpose yes. to be revealed yes. later on in this episode. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Also, uh, I want to give a shout out to the wonderful Rachel Griffiths, who plays his wife, Lori, so great. who is essentially abandoned, more or less, by her husband while he goes off to pursue this ridiculous dream while she has to hold down the house and a job and three children and they have money problems. She's just wonderful. And then the lovable cast of his baseball players um, are just uh, wonderful and fun. And the absolutely adorable Angus T. Jones, who plays his like seven-year-old son, who then went on to be on Two and a Half Men and grew up to be kind of a weirdo. Yes. But was just so cute in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a real feel-good movie where... Pretty much the whole thing. Maybe the stuff about his relationship with his father is not so true, but the broad strokes of the movie are all based completely on reality, and it just makes you feel good in your heart when you watch it. Cool. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I 
I had not seen it until maybe five years ago, and and it just happened to be on, and it's it's a sports movie, so I'm going to watch it. It's not the kind of thing that I would have gone to see in the theater at the age I was when it came out. I mean, totally, when I was in junior high, I would have you know lived at the theater and reviewed it for the paper and all that shit. But but at this point, I'm going to have to catch it on cable, and I've watched it many many times since. Can't turn it off. Can't stop crying. <laughs> <you know>. mm-hmm. <laughs> also, is there like a bigger division like? diversion of looks between brothers in Dennis and Randy Quaid. <laughs> Good point. Sean Penn? I mean, but, no, but they looked enough alike that you were like, That's okay. That's true. That's true. And even like Bo and um, the Bridges brothers like yeah, like, you can't just say just because one's fat they don't no, look and, like. No, and like, also like Bo's like not you're not like oh gross but like no 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 randy quaid is repulsive looking (laughs) (laughs) oh and dennis quaid he's a little he's a little like hgh'd out now because he's like rounding 70 basically and trying Mm -hmm. to you know Mm -hmm. score with the 25 year old well he's he's 65 because he's a year younger than my mother (laughs) and despite that he's still on my list Yep. Okay, I think Tom Scarrett's on my list, and he's like eighty or something now. So, um, oh no, I mean Mister um, uh, from Sound of Music. Um, oh, uh, Mister Von Trapp. Mister Von Trapp will always Mr. be on this list. Oh my God, yes, <laughs> Jesus. We have to save this. All of February is just going to be breaking down our laminated lists. <laughs> I never knew Christopher Plummer would be on somebody's <laughs> laminated list. Oh, oh my God, there yes. He's so, many. so sexy. And so I saw him in Knives Out, and I was like, I'd still do it. <laughs> I'd still hit it. I haven't seen Sound of Music, so it looks like I'm going to see Grease 2 before oh, I've ever oh seen God. Sound of Music. Well, so to... Musicals Week is coming. Um, you know, what about Andrew Don't threaten Wilson? threaten me, Bobby. The, the brother of Owen and Luke Wilson. He looks he's, less like them. He's not bad looking, though. Like, no, I, he's pretty good looking. That's true. He's in, he's in um, the, um, actually, which is like a sports, it's an underrated sports movie. The one about Roller Girls. I can't remember the name. Um, Drew Barrymore directed it. And it was based in Austin. And I can't remember. He's like the coach in it. He's not bad looking. Mm-hmm. I believe you're talking about Whip It. Whip It. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. it. I can describe everything except <laughs> the title. <laughs> Whip it was an Ellen Page yes. project. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a cute movie. All right. Who's next? That's me. And the transitions couldn't be better because <laughs> Jim Morris in his rise uh, in the movie pitches for none other than the Durham Bulls. Oh. oh. And yes, he does. Uh, this movie will come as no surprise, especially to Mike. But we talk about this probably once every few weeks. I feel like the movie Bull Durham comes up the ron shelton movie from 1988 the movie that we owned on vhs when i was a kid and started watching when i was too young to appreciate most of what was happening in the movie bull durham but this is uh kevin costner susan sarandon and of course a young tim robbins who would later climb through 500 yards of shit and come out clean on the other (laughs) end uh this is uh, a coming of age story and a love triangle story set in the South uh, at this minor league baseball team. And for the purposes of this movie, it's a pretty low team, the the Durham Bulls. Uh, Kevin Costner is the old uh, lifelong, mostly minor leaguer, minus a 21-day cup of coffee, as you put it down, as they put it in the movie, uh, in the show. Crash Davis, brought in specifically to uh, break the the great arm, no-brains, nuke well meat 
Luke Lelouch, the Tim Robbins pitcher. Who, He's uh, so dumb. He does he caught, such a good yeah. job of playing a dumb dumb. dumb he yes. really nails it. Yep. And I love that, that Crash Davis calls him meek for most of the movie. Um, and then the, the, the romantic side, the, uh, the Susan Sarandon character who usually uh, puts her love on one baseball player every season, but is struggling to choose between the two of them in this particular season, which is gross, really, mm-hmm. when you think about it. But yes. but whatever, it works in this story. She 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 takes the kid, but realizes it's the it's the grown adult that she needs. And in the end, she realizes that. But just the 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 interactions, the mentorship, the fighting, and all of the small comedy, all the throwaway lines, all the little things, the scene at the mound visit where everybody from the infield's just bullshitting about their random problems, and Robert Bull comes out. Robert Bull, this the <laughs> man, he's like peak peak wool. <laughs> I mean, this is the movie that taught me that candlesticks always make a nice wedding present. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. just, I, this movie is just such a great story to get lost in and just sit and watch. And, you know, if, if people don't know the origin story of it, Ron Shelton actually played minor league ball for a few years. And the other connection for me is that he actually played in Rochester. And this story is based on his time playing in part in Rochester and, and sort of that minor league baseball dynamic. And so it's always had a, a place in the hearts of, of Rochester Red Wings fans as I grew up being. Um, and so I, I, you know, it's funny, but it's also, you know, it, it's a comedy, but it's also not, I don't know. It's just always had a place in my heart and I'll rewatch it every couple of years. And I, I meant to rewatch it this week and I just didn't get a chance, but, but every little moment of it just makes me so happy. And, and obviously the most quotable moment, uh, Susan Sarandon's character is using a little bit of, sexual mind fuckery on nuke and yeah. has him wearing one of her garters when he pitches to distract his brain from thinking about pitching. Well, try, she's trying to get him to try it and he right. won't do it. He won't do it. And finally he's desperate enough. Right. Where he's trying. And uh, Kevin Costner catches him putting this thing on and just says, Mike, uh, and he pull, he, he pull, he tugs at it. Like it, Tim Robbins looks down like, what are you doing tugging at my underwear? And he he pulls at it and he, he turns it and he goes, The rose goes in the front, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest single lines of any sports or other movie to me. So, yeah. Um, and I, it's interesting. You know, I looked at a lot of ranking lists the last couple of days and Bull Durham's all over the place. Some people think it's at the top of the sports movie pantheon. Others at the bottom. The baseball in it is actually pretty good kevin costner can actually play baseball which is not a surprise yeah. based on the number yeah. of baseball movies he's done but like you know there are and there are, there are struggles you know yeah. there there are there are struggles but there are also good times but you know he gets hits he gets home runs when they're struggling yeah. um he sometimes he strikes out when they're doing well that's one thing that you will notice about sports movies is they just are fucking all or nothing mm-hmm. yeah all the time mm-hmm. it's like this guy just hit 400 home runs in a row <laughs> this guy had, couldn't hit a ball you know yeah, I mean, it's, he couldn't it, hit a beach ball with a wiffle bat. And I was like, <laughs> come on now. That's yeah. not the way it works. Both character arcs are so good because you see Nuke Lelouch rising up. And toward the end of the movie, he gets his chance to go to the majors when the rosters expand for, for postseason for the final month leading into the postseason. And 
then you see crash whose last job was to basically break him in and he succeeded. So he's, he's done. And he, he kicks yeah. around the minors a little bit more and he breaks the most heartbreaking record in minor league baseball, which is the minor league baseball home record, uh, home run record mm-hmm. because he's a player who's good enough to do that, but not good enough to get to the majors. If he had gotten half the breaks that Tom Berenger got on his way to the major leagues, <laughs> I think he would have been a much more productive uh, player. Yeah, he's he's a he's a quad A at best guy who just can't you know, but he he edges off and he realizes what his next steps are, and so you see one rise and one come down and meet in the middle in minor league baseball, and yep, just uh, makes me feel good every time I see it, and it's also just a funny fucking movie. It like is. It just, oh. Uh, speaking of that, I mean, just just for watching purposes in general, I was in college and I was so happy because um, I was crazy about movies and sports movies. And, and I saw this movie with my friends and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is amazing. And I actually got to drag my girlfriend to it several times and she doesn't care about <laughs> baseball and she wanted to go to it every time. Yeah, you don't so. you don't have to because it's not and like it's minor league baseball and they they right. They show it right. It doesn't matter what the team's record is. It doesn't matter. It's all about where no, these doesn't. guys are going and, and who's got their heads screwed on straight and who has a future and yeah. who doesn't. And those bus rides and talks and stuff like that. Kevin Costner, awesome. I think, is never better than when he's in a sports movie. Yep. Oh, yeah. oh! You don't think like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is his? <laughs> well, when I was fourteen, I loved that movie desperately. <laughs> <laughs> but Alan Rickman's the best part of that movie. Oh, Alan! That is a performance for the ages. Yes, that Alan Rickman performance. <laughs> but even at fourteen, I was like, mm, Kevin Costner's performance, his accent. Can I have your jacket? That's what I would have asked him for his jacket if I'd had a chance. <laughs> He had a he had a period in there uh, where he was wearing the best like bomber jacket. <laughs> he did have a lot. Of it. I was like, Fuck! Feel the dreams. Had a yeah. great jacket in that movie. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. All right. Great. Later this month, best jackets. <laughs> best jackets. <laughs> I'm in. Um. All right, Bobby. Yeah, I think I think that's it for me for now. I I, I mean, just uh, Mike made a really good point. You don't have to love sports movies to love Bull Durham because it's about the sports, but it's not about the sports. Well, I think that's the best sports movies are about the sports, but not like you know. But that's only is the framing device. It's it's not major. They league. get the sports right. Yeah. That's the yeah. only thing that I care. I mean, it can be whatever kind of movie, but just get the sports right, and then you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Um. Okay. Mine's Major League Two. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a thing. <laughs> Will I be lost if I didn't see Major League? Um, no, but you I said am you were crying gonna, last night. And I am going to sing. <laughs> I guess Air it was seventh <laughs> inning fetch. That's Air what bud. it is. Okay, I have to sing because this a song is really important to this movie. All right, you ready? We are the members of the All-American League. We come to cities near and far. We've got Canadians, Irish ones, and Swedes. We're all for one. We're one for all. We're all American. I was trying to think so hard about what my favorite sports movie is. I have a few that I love, a few that I hate, but I was like... You know, I love A League of Their Own. I, like, cry thinking about it. Um, I know it's kind of corny in some ways because that's how sports movies are. But I actually really think as the farther we get away from it, it's actually gotten better in my eyes. Um, It's funny because when it was released, it was definitely released as, like, oh, Madonna's in a movie, which is sort of Mm -hmm. funny because... 
She's not, I mean, she is a supporting character at mm-hmm. most. And actually, I think this is how she works best. I don't think she's a great actress, but she's funny yeah. in a little side role, and she's perfect yeah, in Yeah, she's great. She mm-hmm. dances well. She's sort of funny. She's sort of slutty, but it's, you know, played for laughs as opposed to being, like, super scandalous. But um, If it hadn't been Madonna, you would have you would have watched that part and gone, that's cute. Yeah, that's exactly. Nice exactly. Right. That girl. Exactly. But, um, you know, as I was telling Anne yesterday, because I was just double-checking that that this was not her movie. <laughs> um, I just, I kept thinking, first of all, um, Gina Davis, I, it's not about this, but she is just so beautiful in this movie. Oh, like it's really man. hard to take your eyes off her. She's gorgeous. They do do the thing a little bit with her where she always hits home runs. She's like, never doesn't hit a home run yeah. or yeah. does something sort of spectacular. Um, but this is really the movie, it, you know, I loved it because, like, I played sports and, like, my daughter plays sports. And I don't know. It's just fun to see women kick ass at sports. And, like, you know, they're made to wear dresses. But it's, you know, but it doesn't matter because they're still, you know, they're pissed about it. But then they're going to, like, still make it work. But also the the role that I think has really made him is Tom Hanks is so fucking funny in this movie. And I forget how kind of like gross he is. The peeing scene is like, it's perfect. It's fuck. It's so yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I have ever peed as long as he pees in that scene. I think one time I said to Dave, like, you're like Tom Hanks in a league of their oh. own right now. Like when you'd wake up in the morning, I'm like, how long have you been peeing for? Oh man. I remember one time we were going to, the Puyallup Fair from our frat and if if you know where the UW is and where the Puyallup Fair is and if you know the kids have been drinking all day and then they're driving <laughs> to the Puyallup Fair and whoever it was wouldn't stop and I remember getting out of the car in the parking lot at the Puyallup Fair and I had one of those Tom Hanks pisses I leaned on someone else's car and just <laughs> let it go oh it's like I'll see you guys in there in a half an hour oh man and they even do the fake out where you think it's coming to the end and then he and then yeah, goes yeah, a little yeah, shake yeah. and start, goes for yeah. a second round um, yeah long second round I'm yeah. trying to think of like my like last night when I was I kept kind of tearing up and Dave said are you crying and I was like yeah I'm there's crying. no crying in baseball. baseball I cry in all the montages because they're being so good at baseball. Um, I also cry. This part is kind of silly, but I cry when like the like black lady throws the ball and she throws it really far and hard, even though it's really dumb, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. but I cry at that part. I cry when Bet. I'm sorry, spoiler when Betty spaghetti's dead. I mean, husband it's dead and it's so sad. And then Bob comes back and you know, He's Mm -hmm. back with Donnie. Um, The one part of this movie that I do not like is I don't like the end. I mean, I don't like the um, final game. It makes me mad. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's actually how it would have ended. And the worst part of this movie is Kit. I fucking hate Kit. I don't care. I don't care about her. Dottie's a better baseball player. She's so self-centered. She's so self-centered. And she's so mad at Dottie for being better better than she is. I don't know. Lori Petty is not... um, you know, one of my favorite actresses. I can't believe she had the run she, she had. She really I did. Mean, she really She wasn't did. as bad as a few people I've mentioned before, but I mean, Andrew McCarthy, obviously. And <laughs> oh. What's her name on the... I know, uh, Winona Ryder was your... Yeah, your but, but there, there was nothing there. I mean, there had to be actresses that were just watching her going, I could have done what? this. I could have done this. Like Tia Leone was in this movie. She, I know. It's I kept pointing. I was like, it's Tia Leone. There she is. And she's like radiant. Yes. And she is great. I mean, I like this had to be like the minute before 
someone decided she was a star and it's like Man, you guys should have realized this a little quicker. I know. Because she could have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, she couldn't have been Gina Davis's younger sister because you wouldn't have bought her as, like, super jealous of Gina Davis's yeah, looks. Yeah, because they're, or, like, both you know. beautiful. Um, Mar- <laughs> right, he's like, oh, you're so much more beautiful than me. Oh, no, I'm not. You know, so, um, okay, all right, calm down, ladies. I also love Marla Hooch when her dad puts oh, her on. So she's such a good hitter, and when her dad puts her on the <laughs> on the train, <laughs> I cry at that yeah. part. Also, well, John. Also, when they, when they have the, um, like, the press newsreel thing about all the players and they show all the beautiful ladies and they're like and there's marla hooch and she's like 90 yards away she's quite a hitter um you know who is also loki hysterical in this is john lovitz like with Uh a bit role in the very beginning Mm -hmm. he's he's like ah dry your eyes um david david strathairn one of my favorite kind of character actors that you're never upset to see a show up in a movie because you know it's going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I watched it last night and it was just as good as I remember it. I I recommend it and I, I think it holds up well. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I always think of, this is a small thing, but I think this is indicative of the quality of this movie. The lady who plays the older version of Gina Davis looks so much like her. Legitimately thought it was Gina it Davis was her. in makeup. I did. I thought it was Gina. And I was like, wow, the makeup's really good in this. But she looks so much like her. Mm-hmm. The kit one doesn't. And the kit one looks like she's 45. And I'm like, well, she wouldn't have made that. But, but yes, the Gina Davis one is really great. And so is like... The Madonna one, the Rosie O'Donnell mm-hmm. one. Rosie O'Donnell is also really funny in this. And, you know, she has her, you know, she's overacts and is corny, but I thought that. But she's sort of supposed to. Yes. Be yeah. Right. That role. I yeah, think this they movie need, was. They need that character. This movie was really well cast, apart really from well the Lori Petty yes. part of it all. Yes. Um, I. So the one, Shirley Baker, who can't read, mm-hmm. that's John. I know. Can that's, you read, honey? And I'm like, <laughs> no, she can't read. And that's John Cusack, John and Joan Cusack's sister. Um, and I always like when she's like her milky white, white. bread. 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 <laughs> when Madonna is teaching her to read through smut novels. <laughs> well, it gets better. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, it's a really good movie. I'm going to try to make Bridget watch it because I think that she would like it. Minus, you know, I know some Milky Way breast parts that maybe <laughs> she shouldn't watch. It's fine. She won't get it. And then there was a Madonna song at the end that I started singing. And Dave was like, how do you know this song? And then, like, how do you not know it? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this used to be my playground. It's a great song. Just a little reporting on the fly here. I thought you would like to know where the career of Justin Scheller the kid who played Stillwell oh, went after this movie. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. Buttheads. Uh, Stillwell went on after this to be in a bit part in a junior high production of Fiddler on the Roof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that was it. Oh. As of six years ago, the internet says he was a football coach in French Lick, Indiana. Hey. Uh, I, bet, I bet he knows. A uh, football coach in Indiana is not prestigious. <laughs> Uh, but that was it. one sport in Indiana. That's another movie, by the way. Hoosiers, <laughs> amazing. Uh, yeah, he he was done. He he apparently won the part on a ten minute tryout at Evansville High School, and uh, did it, and then was just one and done. Just took his checks. But didn't and left. Francis play him at the reunion? Yes. Um, yeah. Well, so actually, am I going to go with my second pick? Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, cause, so that connects because he was Francis. 
And he was also chubby in the Teen Wolf film series. (laughs) 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 So this, my second favorite, um, (laughs) favorite is sort of a stretch, but one of my favorite sports movies, which I don't know, you know, could it be categorized as different teen movies, supernatural movies? Sure. But the part I remember is the basketball game at the end of Teen Wolf 1. Um, they're really the only Teen Wolf that needs to be mentioned because the other one's silly. Um, oh, yeah, I, the other one's silly. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. I Unbelievable. loved Teen Wolf so much. Okay, so I was thinking about which should be my second movie. You know, A League of Their Own is really just like my number one. I thought about Jerry Maguire. I really do love Jerry Maguire. I think it's an immensely rewatchable movie. It's excellent. And mm-hmm. um, it's not just lines. You know, There's it's a really well done movie. And it's about one of the last times that um, all the... Anyway, it's a good movie. But um, And then I thought, oh, maybe I'll do a movie I hate. I hate Any Given Sunday. And that's another person, along with Quentin Tarantino, Oliver Stone, is like my... I don't understand. I don't like him. I think he is a little bit self-important and I don't enjoy his movies. I hate any given Sunday because I just, I think it's gross and it's depressing and it hates women. So I, I also don't like it. So anyway, but I was like, you know what? Let's like bring the nose up. We don't have to talk about this all the time. I remember watching Teen Wolf in my VCR with my cousin and I guess I'd seen it in the movie, but maybe didn't in the movie theater, but maybe hadn't remembered exactly um, how it ended. I mean, because I think I was in second grade or something when it came out. We were running around the house screaming when he made the final basket, (laughs) screaming. And it's all so ridiculous. Like, Michael J. Fox is at his height of his health and fame was probably one inch shorter than I am. Like, I'm 5'4". I don't think... I think we'd be, like, nose to nose, pretty much. It does not make any sense, but for some reason, it's such a good movie. I don't know why. I love it. I just think it's really fun. Like, there's only white people on these teams. The bad guy looks like he's 45 years old. Why is he standing (laughs) under the basket looking at him? I don't understand. But and why does being a wolf make him so good at being a basketball player? I don't know, but it just it makes me happy, and I would totally rewatch it right now. <laughs> I think that like the palming of the ball aspect with the claws. <laughs> I mean, I think if you could be gentle enough, that's going to help you. But try to shoot a free throw with with either put it on your paw with your claws retracted and see how that works. I think if that doesn't work, and then put your claws out, and then you've got too much spin, and it's just. I don't see how I would foul him. I would just pull a, a hack a wolf and just keep putting him on the line. Just every time he'd get the ball, just put my arms around him. There you go. Sorry. It I don't know. What Sorry. if he rips your throat out? <laughs> well, then that's a foul on him, and it's, it's probably a flagrant one or two, and he can get thrown right out of the game, and then we've won. So. And the taunting. Joke's I, on him. When I was in third grade, Kevin Hoover kicked a kickball right into the corner of a chain link fence, and it popped. And we called him Leadfoot for like three years. Yes, There's no way legend. this kid would have made it this far without just being bullied into submission. <laughs> I also, just as far as like, I this is that has less to do with the sports. I think I would be both frightened and also thrilled to be a teenager in the 80s because the parties and stuff that they went to like seemed wild and so fun. And like Styles is riding a surfboard atop the van or whatever. But also everybody's so mean. I don't remember high school as being so mean, but they, they certainly had fun and drank and made out. I don't know. It seemed like a wild time. 
<laughs> um, but anyway. A better time. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, Teen Wolf is my my second movie. I I I think it's a fun one. And you know what? Michael J. Fox is delightful. He somebody said this one time, and I don't think it's true anymore. But like. 20 years ago, or maybe maybe 25 years ago, Michael J. Fox is the most identifiable person in all of America. And I was like, that's kind of true. Everybody knows who Michael J. Fox is. Not anymore, but back in the day, for sure. How dare we give that honor to a Canadian? (laughs) 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 All right, Bobby. I struggled with my second one. Um, You know, I, I, I thought about doing Miracle. Uh, the, that's the, Dave's, yeah. Kurt Dave. Russell mm-hmm. playing her Brooks and well, not let's, let's uh, hang on to that one. Okay. <laughs> and I thought about doing Move Cool along. Runnings just to mess with everyone. I like Cool Runnings. Yeah. I could talk Cool Runnings. Uh, but I decided to do a least favorite. I didn't want Mike to be the only one doing a least favorite. Oh, there you go. And and again, this one is one that is the least favorite for a very personal reason, which is that I have an old friend and roommate who used to taunt me by putting this movie on over and over in our apartment. And this is the 1999, uh, 1992 mustache vehicle, Mr. Baseball. Oh, <laughs> oh Mr. Baseball. Right. That's what I was trying to reference earlier. I said Mr. 3000. Well, but Mr. That, 3000 that is Bernie the Bernie Mac, Mac yeah. baseball movie, which is ridiculous mm-hmm. in its own way. But yep. Mr. Baseball is the movie where New York Yankees first baseman Tom Selleck. I can't remember his real name in this movie. I did. I'm not going to rewatch this one. This, I'm mainly mentioning this so that no one else will go watch it. It's uh, a Jack Elliott. Yes. Uh, yes. 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 Uh, Jack Elliott gets traded somehow to the Kunichi Dragons of the uh, Japanese Central League. Oh God. Yeah, movies can be pretty fast and loose with the, you know, <laughs> how how business works. Like you could trade an American baseball player to Japan. I did rewatch a trailer for Mr. Baseball this morning. And when they bring him in to tell him he's been traded, he's nervous that he's first going up north to Canada, then to the Cleveland Indians. And then he finds out he now he's going to Japan. Uh, the entire movie is uh, a fish out of water story mm-hmm. where he has to get used to playing in Japan and follow their rules and customs. But he brings some of his American, I do what I want, assholeish fun playfulness to their team. He's of course, one of the best players there because the difference between the Nippon league and major league baseball is, is pretty big still. And back then it was probably even bigger. And Jojo, I'm so sorry if I'm missing salient details on this, you can let me know. <laughs> uh, a hands up, uh, in a romantic relationship with the manager's daughter, because of course he does. Uh, And then the big tide turns when he realizes that this guy actually went out on a limb to bring him to the team. And it's both their necks. If the team doesn't pull it together and then they pull together a major league esque run. Uh, And he is eventually rewarded by getting a contract with the Dodgers or something. And so his, his prize is not having to play in Japan anymore. (laughs) It's, it's painful. It's long. It's, uh, mildly racist. So, <laughs> well, as long as it's only mildly racist. <laughs> and he's it's it's funny because he's really tall. Right. It's really hard to be tall in Japan. Right. So uh, that's why I haven't been. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not comfortable. Uh, Mr. Baseball, uh, don't don't watch it. 
There you go. And Josh, who used to put it on all the time when I'd come home, just to just to have it on in the background. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, the other honorable mention I had was I was going to say basketball. It's going to be my other oh, God. <laughs> terrible sports movie. Still, though, there's some good one-liners. It is a little rewatchable at points, but yeah, overall, it's uh, it's rough. It's rough. Go. Mm-hmm. So they got some serious announcers in that, in there. I think yeah. they got like Al Michaels yeah. And, yeah. and Bob Costas, and I'm like, wow, Why? these guys are saying these things. Sports announcers love to be in movies. They do. That's, That's true. true. They, they do. love it. Yep. God, and uh, not a movie, but um, uh, Brockmeyer has picked up as it picked up steam. Got oh a, yeah, got a lot of those guys, and there's a there's a, nobody they can't get for me. Bull Durham, <laughs> it's so and, insulting. Bull Durham and Brockmeyer <laughs> both talk to the Church of Baseball, which I, as much as I don't buy it because it's stupid, but like I also appreciate that that whole Church of mm-hmm. Baseball arc, and both both of those programs have that. So mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, Acosta's will just go for, or uh, rather, L. Michaels will just go for the check anywhere. Yep. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yep. Right, the little a little uh, mailbox money for. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my second pick, as you may have guessed by my telling Bobby to stop talking about it. <laughs> Shut up! Uh, I picked a movie that's a sport that I didn't even care about, and that is Miracle. It's hockey really movie. good. It's really yeah. good. Um, about the 1980, whatever, I don't mm-hmm. care. Yep, yep. Um, United States hockey team in the Olympics, uh, coached by Herb Brooks. Uh, played by Kurt Russell. One of my favorite things about this movie is the suits he mm-hmm. wears. Mm-hmm. Those <laughs> checked 70s suits are amazing. They really go all out on this movie trying to make the period details right. And I think they overdo it a little bit. But uh, it gets the message across. This is another movie like my first pick that is... Um, you if you did not know that it actually happened in real life, you'd be like, "Come on, this is so corny." But the fact that it was a, a real thing that happened, and it was a bigger symbol for sort of re- the relationship between the United States and the Soviet Union at the time. Um, a great deal of the players on the team were made up of kids from the University of Minnesota, mm-hmm. where Herb Brooks. Coached. If you go to Mariucci Arena these days, you see pictures of all of them all over the places. So they were big, a big deal. And um, Kurt Russell leans into that Minnesota accent so hard. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> he really, really does. <laughs> and I, I love it. I find it amazing that it is a movie that you know exactly what is going to happen in every single moment of it. And it's still really suspenseful and mm-hmm. really compelling. Mm-hmm. And you get so excited and so nervous I when you watch the game. I don't think together. Man, he's being way too hard on them. They're going to quit. These kids are going to quit. <laughs> Uh, joined by some nice performances from some young men who all seem to be pretty uh, decent as far as movies go. Hockey players. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. there were some who were not professional actors who were very much more the hockey player aspects. And then even some of the name actors like Eddie Cahill. Eh, not too bad. Yeah. They, they seem like either they did a lot of training camps or maybe they had some experience in the past. So... Uh, I thought very respectable as far as the sports aspect of it went. And I think I think uh, hockey is one of those that will scare off 
uh, actors that just can't like you can pretend to play football, basketball, baseball. You cannot pretend okay. to skate. Yeah, nope. you can't do yeah, it. So I think I think often hockey, uh, the action is better. But mm-hmm. how do you feel about that, Bobby? I mean, you watch a lot more hockey than I do, but seems like hockey movies in general are more real sports. Well, well I think they kind of have to be. There's yeah. no faking it. Yeah. It's really yeah. hard to go half speed hockey. Uh, and, and again, yeah, in Miracle, a lot of the backup player, like a lot of the less featured players were just actual hockey players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I was I checking. I think one of them was the son of one of the actual Yeah, oh, Billy Schneider, Buzz Schneider's yeah. son. When, which is um, just awesome. Oh, when, that, what a cool experience. When Dave and I started dating, <clears throat> and I was asking him about, I don't know, what like sports he played. And he's like, well, I played hockey a little bit when I was growing up. And I was like, ooh, can you skate backwards? And he was like, yes, I can skate backwards. Like, obviously, I can't. <laughs> and I thought, I still think it's like a superpower. I'm like, you can? Because, you know, in Dallas, I, I went ice skating. But it was, you know, at the mall or whatever. It was not uh, a part of my life. It was right. like a birthday party or something. They only play hockey outside in Dallas when the entire NHL <laughs> puts millions of dollars into it. Exactly. Exactly. Just to the Cotton Bowl. No big deal. Oh, and I'm I'm glad I didn't steal your movie. I'm sorry that I teased it because, of course, you picked Miracle, even though you don't really like hockey. It's it's in your Minnesota blood, right? And I don't even remember why I watched it in the first place because I'm not a hockey person and I don't really go to the movies anyway. There must have been some reason that I checked it out for. Who knows why? And I've watched it several times of my own volition because it really is a great movie. And it like shouldn't be good, it, you know, because, uh, you know, we know what happened. You know, uh, we know what happened. But they do a really good job of being realistic and kind of making you nervous. But do it like executing it well. It's a good movie. Oh I did. I thought it was it's called Miracle. I was like, ugh, gross. Um, <laughs> and but it ended up being, you know, a, a good movie. And I like well, Russell. You get some of that feel good, uh, rah rah go America yeah. beat the Russians part yeah. two, and like yeah. this came out in what two thousand and four, so we were still in the war. America fuck the rest of the world, yeah, freedom prize, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Finland, gold is ours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, are we ready? Are we all ready? Right. <laughs> Wait, let let me pull my notes up. Oh okay, yeah, yeah, because I'm going to let you, because you watched it last night, I'm going to let you lead a lot of it. I'll, I'll get us started, but um, the movie we're going to talk about is my least favorite sports movie of all time, and and really that's because of the scale of it. I mean, there are worse sports movies, obviously. Worse done, you know, worse acted, everything. But this was a big Barry Levinson movie, and Wait, that's the natural. you're not and, doing Eddie? Yes. <laughs> What? I, I thought you were going to bring us Eddie, the movie where Whoopi Goldberg is pulled uh, out of the stands to coach not, the Knicks. It's not a bad movie. It's not a bad I movie. I haven't seen it. I have I seen that seen multiple it. times. Not a bad movie. Just saying. Whoopi Goldberg, not 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 for me. It's Honestly, fun. I think the Knicks would take her right now. <laughs> no, I'm seriously. So the source material, uh, novel, um, uh, good novel. I liked it, but it's it's just about as whimsical as the movie. So it's not like the movie mm-hmm. takes a lot of whimsical license. It takes a lot of dramatic license and a lot of story license, but I'm not that worried about it. I just want a good movie. I usually don't worry about how they're going to adapt whatever the book is. I just want them to do a good job, make a good movie. It doesn't have to be, oh, man, that was not faithful to the book. I do not like that. <laughs> so 
But what I'm what I'm just going to start with as the first paragraph about the plot on on Wikipedia. I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to I'm going to tell you one fact at the end of this paragraph, and this fact uh, will ruin the whole movie. Um, as a young boy growing up on a Nebraska farm in the 1910s, Roy Hobbs learns to play baseball from his father, with whom he plays catch regularly. One afternoon, the elder Hobbs collapses underneath a mighty oak tree in front of their house and dies from a heart attack. Shortly thereafter, lightning strikes the oak tree during a thunderstorm and splits the trunk down the middle. Hobbs takes a piece of the tree and carves it down into a baseball bat using a wood-burning kit to write the name Wonder Boy into the barrel. Several years later, in 1923, now a 19-year-old Hobbs shares with his girlfriend Iris that he has an opportunity to play for the Chicago to try out for the Chicago Cubs. He boards a train en route to the tryouts and meets a legendary ball player nicknamed Whammer, the best hitter in the big leagues, as well as sports writer Max Mercy. Okay. Um this is all setting up to where he's going to uh, strike out the Whammer outside the train and, and he's gonna continue on to Chicago and uh you know the 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 buzz is building around him. Let me tell you something. Uh, this is the 19-year-old Roy Hobbs. 19-year-old Roy Hobbs. <laughs> this movie came out in 1984. Robert Redford is the star. He's 48. <laughs> Who plays the 19-year-old Roy Hobbs? And Why, Robert Redford does. <laughs> it's not I'm... convincing that he would be the 35-year-old Roy <laughs> no, Hobbs. No, see, that, much yeah, less that's where we're... The 19-year-old yeah. Roy Hobbs. When he shows back up, at at in in his third in at thirty five and he's breaking into the majors for the New York Knights playing in a, a decrepit Buffalo stadium. Um, that stadium's not standing anymore, just to be clear. But it's just a few yeah, blocks from I, my house. So, when he shows up at that age, he still looks way too old. Yep, way too old. Yep, and it and takes you out of the movie from the goddamn it. beginning. <laughs> Yep. They try to camouflage it in the 19-year-old scenes. Yeah, I mean, they, they shoot from long distances, and uh-huh. they shoot him a lot from the back. And there's a scene when the then 37-year-old Glenn Close <laughs> played his 18-year-old girlfriend. Come on, now. And they were, like, skipping, holding hands and, like, skipping in the dusk. Like, they shot them from 50 yards away in the dark to try and yeah. disguise how ridiculous this was. But even their voices were too old to be believable in these roles. It was absolutely fucking a ridiculous choice. I think I think Robert Redford must have just had so much juice at that time that nobody had the power to say like, hey, uh, Bob, um, <laughs> you know, we got a couple kids that could just do this. You know, we got a real good looking, you know, young redheaded kid or whatever. And, right. Yeah. And, uh, you and know, we his... got that frizzy haired young blonde. We can do this. We got it. His skin is... I've... Let's be clear here. He is beautiful yes. at 48. Yes. He is guy. a beautiful, beautiful man. He just doesn't look age appropriate. And his skin no. is already like really tanned. Yes. Uh, the skin of a man who spends a lot of time like sailing on his sailboat, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's starting to <laughs> Skiing get that older in Utah. Look. Yeah, Horseback it's, riding, it's all, just, the, all the outdoors. It's, it's unbelievable is what it is. Yeah, I, you know, I have like loved a lot of Robert Redford movies, but I think um, who wrote um, 
uh, he, he's, I'm sorry, I'm having an Andrew moment. Um, the guy that wrote All the President's Men, uh, Bob Bernstein. Uh, no, 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 the, the movie. Um, shoot, shoot, hold on. Pause. Um, Goldman, William Goldman. He, yeah. um, he definitely alluded to the fact that Robert Redford was not an easy person to deal with a lot. Mm-hmm. And, had some opinions about himself starring in things and being the star Clearly. of things. And Clearly. Re- so it's like, it kind of goes to like, it makes sense. Like he was like, no, I'm the star of this movie and I'm going to be it when it's, he's young and when he's older, like it just, it doesn't make any sense. Right. The ego well, though is there. He's the man that nobody ever said no to him his yes. entire yes. life. If you yeah. grew up and you looked mm-hmm. like that, yeah, you could be a total asshole and get away with it. Yep. 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 He was beautiful. Okay. Well, the the next part of this movie that um that just kills me. Just fucking kills me is and a lot of movies are guilty of this, but not not on the scale. Well, maybe Teen Wolf, but <laughs> usually not on the on the scale <laughs> such as this. And that is the dichotomy of of action. There Roy Hobbs comes up and um as a as a hitter, he hits I don't know how many home runs. I never counted them, but if you took that and extrapolated it into the season and they were just showing you a sample of what Roy Hobbs was doing, he probably hit, I don't know, 75, 80 home runs in about 25 games. He would he would never stop hitting home runs. And then when he started striking out, he couldn't get a hit to save his life. He struck out every time. You would not put him back up to bat after like five games in a row like that. You would just mm-hmm. say, this guy's not batting in my lineup. Yep. I'm sorry. He can't hit the ball. Um you never see him leg out an infield hit or Mm-mm. stretch out a double in the gap. You just, you, you never see it. You never see him ground out to third. Oh, damn, I popped up or I flew out to the warning track. None of this happens. It, I hate that because it, it's embarrassing to the sports movie because there are people that don't like sports movies because they are like that. They're just so simplistic and, and stupid. Yeah. And it's, it is so Stupid. This is one of the stupidest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, well, back to Bull Durham for a second. There's a great scene in Bull Durham where it's sort of near the end, one of the revelation scenes when Crash is talking about the difference between being a 250 and a 300 hitter. Now, if they made this movie now, they'd probably talk about war or something. Like they wouldn't use such a basic stat. But he actually breaks down the numbers in that scene and he says it's basically X number of extra hits a month. It's like one extra flare a week, you know, mm-hmm. one extra little line drive to get you on base is the difference right. between being oh. a major league baseball player and not. It's, it's not knocking it out of the park every time or not. Yeah. It's those right. little, little differences that makes you a little bit better than the next guy. Hey, remember that scene when Roy Hobbs uh, moved the runners over by hitting a ground ball to the right side? <laughs> like he was asked, remember that? No, you I, don't. I don't because remember that. It never happened. Cause he hits a home run every time. Because he hit a home run where he struck out and missed every pitch by a foot. Right. Not only does he hit a home run, he hits a home run that leaves the park or smashes the lights the lights Mm -hmm. or watch out windshields. uh, (laughs) Or or if he fouls it goes back and shatters the glass in the press box. Or right at the guy who's talking bad about him. Yeah. I mean, I I think this goes along with what you're saying, Mike, is that this movie fetishizes baseball. 
in a way that is just ridiculous. And a lot of movies can fetishize sports. I think like Field of Dreams did it in the nicest way. Yeah. Uh, when there was that long monologue of a baseball, baseball does this and baseball will always remain. Ugh. And I'm like, come on, it, it's a game. Come yes. on. But it, there's a, a magical realism aspect to this where <laughs> baseball is this, I don't know, fantastic thing that we place upon the pedestal that is the meaning for man's existence. And you can talk about sports as a proxy for war and all of that, but he calls the bat Wonder Boy. Stupid. (laughs) He literally hits the cover off the ball. Stupid. Uh, This is a Randy Newman score. I checked. And the fucking horns that come in whenever he's doing something incredible. Just unbelievable. The way that this sport is fetishized into something. And you were saying that you didn't, you know, that you don't mind so much if they change the plot points from a book to a movie is, you know, as long as they're doing the sports right and making a good movie. But I was really confused as to what this movie was trying to say. So I went back and I spent like 45 minutes reading the spark notes on the book. Mm-hmm. And it's very much um, kind of a, a like based on Arthurian legend and Celtic mythology yeah. and a little bit of Greek mythology and um, like ancient fertility gods and goddesses. And they, okay, fine, whatever. I, again, it's pretentious the same way this movie was pretentious, but they changed the ending of the book or of the movie so that the rest of it doesn't make sense. They kept all the beginning of it and they were trying to sell the themes, but then they changed the end, which was what made the book made, make sense. Right. Tragic. Yes. So yes. yeah, they, they uh, changed it to make it a happy ending where he's the hero and that's not the point of the book at all. And I very much did not appreciate what they did with the women in yes. the movie. It was yeah. a very clear Madonna whore yes. complex yes. going on there with Glenn Close as the Madonna and Kim Basinger as the whore. That was really an outstanding example of what you know <laughs> freshman lit teachers should be teaching in classes. It was... I don't know. I just thought it was a mess. They took took a pretentious book that had some interesting themes and just made it into a pretentious movie. Yeah. Um I have I have one one last point I need to get out about this movie. <laughs> and and that is uh toward the end um I I think that Basinger character is trying to sabotage the team in some way for some reason and so she uh poisons Roy Hobbs at right. a party gives him some like sh- shrimp or some. She knows it's tainted, whatever it is, and and he eats it, and he gets food poisoning and he's hospitalized, and he's really sick, uh, and he, he you know he's been shot. That's how, that's how he got derailed for fifteen years. We skipped that, but if you don't know, he gets shot by um, you know some that mysterious was the lady. only twist in the movie that surprised me. And 20 Barbara minutes Hershey. in, I was I like, like oh, shit. And then <laughs> nothing else in the movie was surprising. Well, what was really surprising to me is after he he, he gets out off his deathbed with the food poisoning and he he's going into the game and he's going to try to win the pennant so that they can go to the World Series. And he's struggling because he's very sick from this food poisoning and his stomach starts bleeding. Mm hmm. 
um, through his uniform, mm-hmm. for through his old Why? incision from the the. Why? The, because I after 16 know. years, the incision isn't healed. Because emotions seems are like a, a lot of healing time. I mean, I think we've all had wounds that you know it takes a little while, but yeah, 16 years that usually the wound is is healed up. Is bleeding up through our it. uniform too too gross of a show title? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Even though even though I do love the socks, then that reminds me of Kurt Schilling, Kurt who's Schilling. an evil person um, and. Yes. Yep. <laughs> he bankrupted like all of Rhode Island, basically. Yep. Yep. And, and that plot point back, uh, was just ridiculous on all oh, of that. You've had a, you've had a silver bullet in your stomach for the past sixteen <laughs> years that they saw, yeah. they didn't remove after he was shot, and it's been degrading the lining of your stomach to this point where if you play baseball again, you might die. And what? he was shot in Chicago. Plenty of good hospitals there. You know, <laughs> D- you know. Don't even worry about that. But but uh, back to the Wonder Boy uh, point, Ugh. when when his 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 back gets shattered in like one of the, I think the big moment and and uh, and the Bat Boy brings him a bat that he has carved from some fucking stupid tree that hopefully <laughs> fell on his granddad's head. Um, anyway, it harkens back to like Bull Durham when when. Uh, when Crash Davis breaks his bat and the Bat Boy comes out, and he's new to the team, Crash Crash is pretty new to the team at this time. The Bat Boy comes out, gives him a fresh bat, and says, "Get a hit, Crash!" And Crash Davis like shakes his head, looks at the kid, and goes, "Shut up!" Just <laughs> such a more honest moment, you know. Yeah. You don't think I was fucking trying? <laughs> Get a hit. Who are you telling me to get a hit, fucking bat boy? I had so many questions about that dumb bat. I mean, first of all, for a 14-year-old or whatever he was when he made it, that was an astounding carving job to hand carve Mm -hmm. a bat that looked like it had been turned on a lathe at a bat factory. And number two, why would they – seriously, they're going to let him use that bat. And they had the scene where they're like, whoa – the bat meets all league standards, so I'm like, they wouldn't let him. They wouldn't let him use that bat. They wouldn't. And even if they did, it would be broken like on day four, you <laughs> exactly. know, the latest of training camp. Oh shit! Oh, there it goes. And answer me this: When he came to the night 16 years later, why was he a right fielder? If he was coming up as a, an amazing pitcher and he could still pitch, as he demonstrated when he pitched and got the ball stuck in the the netting. Of the um, pitching cage, yeah. why? Why was he playing right field? Right field is the easiest position. Well, right, right field is the place where you put them when they can't field anything else. No, not necessarily. In the first major base. leagues, right field is is uh, yeah. First base is probably where you hide person the oh, most. Oh, that's true. Left field would be next. Right field, you need an arm because you've got to throw to third. So usually, uh, the right field is where you put the the guy. Like a center fielder can have a great arm, but if a guy simply has a great arm, maybe not as fast, right field in the major leagues is a is a place. Do we well, Evans? Okay, but still, why why wasn't he a pitcher? I don't know. It's so much. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Worth noting, uh, episode uh, thirteen of season eight of The Simpsons is uh, Homer <laughs> at the bat. It's right toward the end of that window I was telling Alicia about earlier, and you were all listening. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Homer carves his wonder bat after a limb of a tree falls uh, struck by lightning and falls out of the tree in their backyard. And he takes it to their softball game 
and he's going to hit a home run with it. And it's a big moment. And then it immediately breaks in half. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> so It's wood. It breaks. The other thing Idiots. that I, I thought in this movie was that Redford looks okay as a pitcher, except that it looks really slow. All his moves mm. look slow. All the, yeah. I don't know the background of the extras and the other players, but the whole, the games looked really slow. Well, when you're pitching through well, rheumatoid it, arthritis. <laughs> also, if they'd have done a lot of pitching scenes, it would have just been all homers or strikeouts. He never would have gotten somebody, you know, I got him to foul off on a 2-2. True. Awesome. <laughs> hey, a lot of foul territory here at, at uh, Knight Stadium. We, we, need to, we need to work the corners. We, um, th- we're talking about another podcast here, but did you listen to the rewatchables about The Natural? Did it upset you? Bill Simmons loves it. it doesn't he, he does. I don't want to talk about and it. And Mallory, who's like Mallory Rubin, who is sort of his editor in chief, she loves it. And like I think she cried during the episode. <laughs> I I love those people, but they're stupid and they're wrong. <laughs> That's what I thought you might say. I, I it's say... one of the worst wastes of money I've ever seen on the screen. That's what's really sad about it. You I look at it, and you're like, oh my very... god, they burned a lot of money. <laughs> I'll say I was entertained watching it. I went into it and it says like it's two hours, it's two hours and 15 minutes or two hour and a half hours or whatever. And I was like, oh my God. What did I I get myself Two hours and 18 minutes. I was like, I don't know. And especially like 17 minutes and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can watch a 48 year old play 40 years younger. (laughs) And then Barbara Hershey shot him and I was like, oh, well this just got more interesting. Yeah. And so that was I, the only moment I liked. I, I still did, like it when Barbara Hershey shoots him. I did find that it was. You're in, too old. <laughs> it was like very like, interesting to watch. And I didn't get as bored as normally these days. I, I don't even make it through a movie. Yeah. Because I'll stop at like 25 minutes to the end and then I never go back to it. But I watched this whole thing. And, and part of it was because I was looking forward to, to discussing it with you guys. Part of it was, I mean, speaking of mustaches, Wilford Brimley's mustache. <laughs> oh, yeah. 17-year-old Wilford was... Brimley managing the New York Knights. <laughs> Part of it was seeing Richard Farnsworth, who yes. I want to cry every time I, I see him because I'm like Anne of Green Gables. I know. I know. Um, but it was a pretty bad movie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Anne. Your opinion means a lot to me. <laughs> you feel validated now. I do. I've been wanting to do this. It was for a ridiculous. Long time. It was a ridiculous movie that they made those decisions. I, I mean, it was Streisand. So corny. Streisand levels of like gauze on the on the yes. yep. <laughs> It's crazy. You're like squinting. Like, is, is there something wrong? Do I clean my glasses? There's some smudge on the screen. Man, I got a smudge. I'm getting the feeling that this is a good time to remind everyone, or really to let everyone know if it wasn't clear before. The question of the week this week is, give us your favorite and and or also least favorite sports movies. Yep. Reasons, welcome. Uh, yes. Yeah, the sports movies that you want to talk about. I had a couple of of uh, questions. I was like, is The Karate Kid a sports movie? I mean, and you guys were like, yeah. Yes. And then mm-hmm. I said, is Bring It On a sports movie? Yes. And he said, yeah. yeah. So. 
I mean, remind us of all the good ones, guys. It wasn't until Hil- Hillary and I were talking last night, and I was like, oh, she's doing A League of Their Own. Oh, my God, that's such a good movie. Such a good movie. Ladybugs just missed the cut. <laughs> Fuck Ladybugs. Mm. But That was number 11. What, what came out the same weekend as Ladybugs is The Cutting Edge, which cutting is edge. a sports movie. Sports movie. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. Topic. Talk about a movie where they tried to fake the skating and did did it unsuccessfully. The cutting, the cutting is so bad. You're like, mm, okay, wait, what? Where? Why is she flying through the air now? And oh, yeah, no, it's it's not great. But lots, it's a good movie. lots and lots of shots of the skater's feet unconnected <laughs> to anybody's so, face. It's so true. Doing like whoosh, whoosh, yep. whoosh, whoosh. It's executive producer Rex Ryan. <laughs> Ew, gross. Hello. <laughs> All right. Well, on on that note, we're going to wrap up the sports movies yeah. uh, topic. Where T sheet recommends. I'm just going to say something real fast because I can't remember which one of you said uh, before. But Kevin Costner in a sports movie. I think, and maybe you said it. Mm-hmm. Any sports movie with Kevin Costner. Well, I've been watching one lately on repeat called McFarland USA, and he is the coach of a uh, cross country team from our team in. Uh, uh, a migrant town in in uh, California, and it's terrific. Mm. Great sports movie, cool. McFarland, USA. Cool. So, okay, that's what I have. Um, I mean, the only T sheet recommends I have is go see Little Women. I know it's not a sports movie, but it's really good. They do ice skate in it briefly. Um, but and even those sister relationships are yes, kind of like sports. Yes, it's really good. Justice for Amy. Okay, all right, Bobby, Bobby, Ann, y'all got anything? Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. I, uh, All right. Go go back to work, people. The holidays yeah. are over. <laughs> I know. That's it. That's oh. my recommends. <laughs> Get your shit Feels back good. together. It's January yeah. now. Yep. Um, all right, housekeeping. Buy stuff from us. I got my new merch. I got the It's Fine tote bag for the people I work with. They look great. I was very excited to get them. Uh, the new merch is at HTTPS. No, this show has everything.com. <laughs> Click the shop button. It's really easy. PHP for some reason. And also, please rate and review. We'd love to hear what you think. As long as it's positive, just kidding. You can tell it's negative stuff, but really positive. Um, we love you, and we'd love um, for you to review us. If you're going to rate us negatively, make sure you swear in it, because then iTunes will never post it. <laughs> <laughs> Those sons of bitches. <laughs> Motherfuckers. If you would like to get involved with the show beyond rating and review, this show has everything.com is up and running. Throwyourphone.com is always available yes. not just for if we make you mad but if there's anything that you have a thought that you want to contribute uh to the show we are so happy to have it the facebook group is growing Yay. come on i love come it on. i love seeing people i've never seen before it makes me so happy yep we've had a lot of fun and people have had some great comments on their question of the week and so please if you haven't think about coming on over and joining us the show Twitter is at T She Show. Oh, that just rolls right so off the tongue. So much better. And you can send an email to us at tshe at 10710.com. I was just thinking, because throw your phone, that's just a form that you fill out. So you won't yeah. have a record of what you wrote. If, like me, you wake up at 2 in the morning and think, oh, my God, did I use bad grammar? What did I say? Was that stupid? If you send us an email, then obviously you can go back later at 2 in the morning and see oh, that's true. what you said. 
<laughs> so that's really the only difference between those two. Uh, send us a voice memo um, recorded on your phone and send us in to send it into that email address. We are happy to hear your voices and fax Bobby your butt or any other body part at 617-354-8513. Send him some baked goods and give him some inspiration. That beats ancient wounds reopening during pivotal moments in your life. <laughs> ancient wounds and, and uh, uh with that mike why don't you wrap this thing up and get us out all of here right. all right we're ready to put this thing in the barn thank you for joining us um until next time i think this show had everything everything about the natural <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Better up. Hear that call. The time has come for one and all to play ball. Yay! That's lovely. <laughs>